This is the Fedora Chronicles Network. Rob Lee, creator of the Age of Steel RPG, talks with me, Eric Render King Fisk, in this fun-sized episode of the Fedora Chronicles Radio Show, episode 89. Stay tuned. Uh, I'm talking to a cool dude, Rob Lee, talking about his uh, his game, Age of Steel, and of course, Rob, you got to tell us all about it. Sure. Well, um, Age of Steel is a diesel punk tabletop role playing game. Um, it's very much inspired by um, action adventure movies such as Indiana Jones. Um, with a, a good sort of helping of, of noir and um, some sort of traditional sort of pulp storytelling. Um, it's set not in our world, but in a world very similar to our own. Um, they've just emerged from their version of the, the First World War or their, their Great War. Um, and it's a time of sort of great chaos and great unrest, um, but also a, a time of great sort of innov- innovation and advancement. Um, a lot of new technology has been sort of stirred up by the, uh, the war. Um, and the people in this world are sort of slowly coming to terms with the new technology that they've got available to them. Um, a lot of changes that occurred during the war. Um, and um, there's also a sort of a backbone of conspiracy and sort of sinister um, nefarious plans by sort of otherworldly agencies and societies that is sort of percolating in the background. And the the players um, are sort of intended to to play um, sort of members of the underworld. So ne'er-do-wells, private eyes, uh, the kind of people who, who sort of are drawn to danger and advi- uh, um, excitement and adventure. Um, and it's a, a project that I've been working on for um, quite a long time. I, I started writing it about eight years ago um, just for my friends. Um, we'd played other role-playing games such as Dungeons and & Dragons um, and a, a sort of a wealth of other ones um and we 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 fancied something different and we sort of sort of pushed a few ideas around and and quite a few of us were into i don't think we really called it diesel punk but we we liked adventure um pulp noir action adventure we, it was the sort of the the 1930s style was what we were drawn to and we sort of came started saying oh what if we had a world that was like this and it had this and it was not something that was around as a role-playing game that we knew of back then so we sort of we came up with this world very similar to sort of the war-torn first world war era um and then sort of thought well what if what if technology in this world wasn't like our world and we had you know giant mechs to fight the first world war with instead of tanks and what if airships were more popular than some planes um, and it sort of slowly grew and then um, over the years we sort of ran games off and on in this world and then uh, two years ago I, I sort of was um, I'd finished a, a project I used to work on I used to write a webcomic and it finished and I was looking for a new project to sort of involve my time in and I thought um, I wonder if I can I can turn this this big pile of notes that I've got into a, an actual published book um, 
and so I, I spent a year developing Age of Steel and playtesting it and sending out manuscripts to playtesters and then getting their feedback and, and adjusting the book and the rules and the setting and and then collecting artwork and laying it out. Um, and then at the beginning of this year, I, I published it through uh, Drive Through RPG. Um, so it's available to to download as a digital file or to order as an actual physical book now. And um, it's sort of an ongoing venture to see where it goes and, and whether people want to buy this thing I've written. Um, and so far, it's, it's not done too badly. Everybody wants to know, what is it about Dieselpunk that you are so fascinated with? And what was the aha moment when you said, oh, Dieselpunk's the thing for me? Um, I, I think for me, it's it's very difficult to sort of put my finger on when I first came across Dieselpunk, but it's I've always loved um, that sort of era, the 1920s to 1940s, that sort of interbellum period between the, the First and Second World Wars, because it was sort of the last, it's the twilight of adventure is a, a phrase I've used in Age of Steel and it's a phrase I've heard bandied around. It's like the la- it was the last time where you could sort of charter a plane and disappear off into something where somewhere where it was not necessarily um fully explored and you could fill in the last few bits on the map that weren't explored and it was this sort of idea of um you know you it was the the last sort of age where you didn't have to answer to people you could you know you could have your uh, your, your gun and your holster under your arm and and you know uh, a cigar in your mouth and you could just disappear off and have, have adventures and hijinks and it's that sort of the the stories of that sort of age and again the stories we've got now that were set in that age sort of again indiana jones and things like sky in the world of tomorrow it's that very sort of bold dynamic sort of era that doesn't really since the sort of the the, the second world war when everything sort of became a lot more nailed down and explored and and you know um sort of cataloged it's it was the sort of yeah the still had the magical sort of feel of older ages but with the technology and new ages and it's with especially with sort of more developed diesel punk the thing i really love about it is that blending of technology and society that we we never had in our world so yeah diesel powered mecha weird cybernetics um it's that sort of yeah hard to you know something that never existed in our world but we would love it if it had um and um, for me, it was, I, like I say, I, I don't know when I actually heard the, the term diesel punk, but I was sort of aware that there were other things. I'd seen people um, imagining World War One with Mecha and drawing, you know, World War Two tanks, but as, as bipedal walking machines. And I've always thought, yeah, that's that's really cool. That's what I like. And then I think I, I came across it on the Internet somewhere and suddenly had a name for for what it was that I, I I was like, ah, that's that's what I like. That's the the genre. And then suddenly discovered that, yes, there's a whole sort of subculture of people that like the same thing I do. I don't know if you if you were old enough to remember the whole Banana Republic um, a phenomenon here in the United States during the 80s and right up until 1991 or two when they changed their brand identity. But I, I think that there's there, there was this huge sort of like um, 1940s style revival that really sort of took place in the 80s. Um, were you old enough to remember that or were you a part of that in uh, any way? I, I'm, I'm a child of the 80s, but I, so I, I can vaguely remember that. And again, I remember there was a, a sort of a, a, a swing revival yep. 
yeah. towards the end of the 90s and the early 2000s as well, when suddenly it was swing. I think it was Apple, of all people, started using it in their commercials. And suddenly people were like, yeah, swing. Swing was a thing. And, and it became really popular again. And then, yeah, it, was, it sort of got brought into quite a few. I think there was around then that quite a few sort of 1940s set movies and books came out. And uh, yeah, that definitely that was around the time that we that I was first starting to sort of, so yeah, look into this. What I didn't know was Diesel Punk, but it was around then. So yeah, it's it's interesting how it sort of comes and goes, and it's it's strange that there seems to be definitely a sort of a new upswing into Diesel Punk in the last sort of two years or so. Yeah, I, it's it's one of those things where it was just like you think, oh, it's starting to wane a little bit. I remember when Diesel Punk was a thing, and then all of a sudden it's a thing again. And, yeah. and uh, it's uh, I think it's it's people who are creating content who bring mm. it back to the forefront, like yourself, for example. Um, is there is there a basic plot to the into your game um, Age of Steel that you'd like um, to share with us? Well, but yes, there's so there's a, a sort of an overarching setting sort of mythology where so um, the idea is that this world um, is a, a planet called Neres, Um And so it's been divided by war um, and it's had instances of war in its past um, culminating in their, their great war, which is the largest global conflict they've had. Um, and the, um, the sort of the overarching plot is that these random occurrences of war and the great war aren't actually down to humanity's inability to get on with each other is actually um there are otherworldly beings um whether they're dimensional horrors or demons is sort of left a bit ambivalent but there is a there's a, an intelligence called the coiled ones that exists outside outside of reality and they are actively seeking to to sow dissent and to cause destruction and chaos um and they're, they're, the Great War was their big push to do this, and they failed um, due to sort of um, a few people realizing what was going on and managing to stop them. Um, but now, um, as the Great War's finished, they're, they're starting to gather their forces again and ferment more chaos. And um, there's now um, what's been termed by those who know about it as the Silent War, which is um, a very sort of Cold War-esque um, sort of shower, shadowy conspiracy war. It's not an actual armed conflict. It's agents hunting each other in back alleys. It's criminals, um, you know, offing each other. It's it's shady deals. It's the governments moving against each other with sometimes not even realizing what they're doing, but they're being sort of needled and led by uh, agents of the coiled ones that have sort of. Uh, spread themselves through all the the governments of the world and into the criminal organizations and um this is where the the players their characters because they're playing these sort of dissenters and um free thinkers and sort of people from the sort of the, the subculture um outside of society they they're the ones who have the chance to actually realize that something strange is going on um that you know that this isn't just random chaos that there is a conspiracy and they're the ones who are placed to 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 fight back against it um and there are societies <clears throat> that the the player characters can join um so it's like adventurers clubs that masquerade as adventurers clubs but they're actually um dedicated to finding and and combating the 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 agents of the coiled ones so it's um it draws a lot from other tr sort of traditional eldritch horror elements with sort of hp lovecraft and hellboy 
on the idea that there is this society or a layer of society below what we see um that that is you know frankly if you brush up against it once you brush up against it you can never get away from it once you've seen it they can see you um but it's it's also um one of the things that uh when i was writing age of steel i've i've written it so that if you're if you don't want to run it that way, you can you can remove these elements, the Eldritch Horror, and just have it as a more traditional, more gritty, um, sort of human-centric setting. But it's definitely the way I've written it is that it's there is this sort of yeah this plot of of um, conspiracy and an Eldritch Horror behind everything. Did you did you have any inspiration from like actual history? Are you are you into researching history? From that um, era? I've, I've, well, I've always had um, a, a, an interest in history, but when I started writing this, I, you know, when I, we started putting this together, my friends and I, we sort of had a very rough understanding of the First World War, um, and it was that sort of 19, we wanted to set it, set it in the sort of the nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties, so after the First World War had ended. Um, but um, when I started actually, so we we wrote a setting that was there was a big war, it happened, now it stopped, now there's a, a secret war going on but then when i started writing this and turning it into an actual book i thought well i should do some do some research so i went and and actually read up a lot on the um the first world war what led up to it the sort of the socio-political reasoning behind it and and various things like that and and i found it all absolutely fascinating and it's i definitely got very much more into it it gave me a whole sort of fresh understanding of the age and and what came after the age and why it you know why things affected things how they did um so there's um the setting is inspired by our world but i've i've actively tried not to make it a a, a recolored version of our world though so there there are um five great nations in the setting which are sort of the, the world superpowers um and they are they're roughly inspired by um our own world and perhaps by nations that were around in the 1920s and maybe nations that were around now. Um, but I've, I've really sort of tried quite earnestly not to, to make them, you know, these guys are the British Empire, these guys are the USA, um, or, you know, these guys are the, the German Empire. I've sort of taken elements from other cultures, blended them together, and, um, yeah, tried to make it its own, its own setting. I mean, you can't really escape... Um, certain influences. It's like you know, I've written it in in English, so there are there's words. You know, you uh, you, you say things like, "Oh, things happen on a Thursday," which if you picked at them and said, "Well, why is it called thir- Thursday?" You'd have to f- find your own reasoning for it in this setting. But yeah, where I can, I've I've definitely tried to keep it sort of its own thing and its own world. Are you actually interested in other worlds and and, and parallel Earths? Is, is there a sci-fi element to it that that you thoroughly enjoy? Oh, definitely. I mean, um, within Age of Steel, there's not too much of that in there. But I've left the the sort of the science side of that. There's a lot of super science, and um, you know, if you've got if your character is a, an interest in science, there are there's rules and there's provision for doing weird stuff like reanimating the dead turning them into cyber zombies um so having parallel worlds and other worlds is definitely not outside the 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 bounds of the setting and that might be something i definitely explore in in sort of future um supplements for the setting um but the so the there is definitely a one dimension mentioned which is where these these 
coiled ones these sort of otherworldly creatures come from but i i've left it quite sort of open whether it's yeah whether it's hell or whether it's an alternate dimension or uh, another reality um but that is within other settings i know that it's a sort of the multiple reality thing is quite a popular sort of um trope within some diesel punk settings so it's, it's definitely something i will consider exploring in the future so you'd actually consider doing more science fiction with a sort of diesel punk element to it, or would you do something more, something fresh next time? Or and are you working on another project? Um, oh, I, well, I, I am working on another project. Um, it's um, <laughs> currently a, a juggling act between um, working on. I've got a couple of extra sort of supplements for Age of Steel that I want to to print, um, and then there's also another project in the in the background which is um, a much more um fantasy setting but with um a very sort of scavenger punk sort of vibe to it so the more sort of um the war has come and gone and these are the people left behind and they're sort of scratching around so very inspired by um fallout the um the computer game series yeah um which is i guess atom punk so a close relative of diesel punk um and this is a sort of a, a, a fantasy version of atom punk um but the um, Age of Steel and the more diesel punky sci-fi, I've I've always loved. And yeah, if I could, if I could think of another way of, or another setting that was sufficiently different enough to Age of Steel, but was still diesel punk, um, I would definitely yeah look into that. I mean, there's there's um, the sort of the various flavors of diesel punk, such as like deco punk and. Um, uh, trying to think of the other terms for them but the more sort of the more optimistic the more clean and sort of futuristic side of diesel punk definitely in- interests me what other aspects of diesel punk are you looking forward to to exploring in future projects or are you going to put diesel punk aside for a while um well like i say i'm i'm still really sort of keen on bringing out a couple of extra books for age of steel and um so the, the the core rule book has sort of laid out the very basic setting, but within that, I've there's a lot of scope for things I've not explored yet. So I've I've made mention in the main book of um, yeah using um, cybernetics, not necessarily to to help people, but to sort you know sort of cr- to bring the dead back to life or um, to create armies of of some sort of nightmarish zombie thing. And that's definitely something I quite like the idea of, of sort of the, the hubris of, um, you know, scientists experimenting too much and, and sort of, you know, creating, um, something they can't put down on their own. And that's, that's definitely something I'd like to explore in sort of a, a printed adventure for, for age of steel. Um, and, um, I think there's a lot of scope for sort of exploring, um, sort of the limits of technology within the setting. So, um, you know what kind of airships are available in, in within the setting i've um written that um airplanes never really became popular in in the world of age of steel the 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 sort of the the public consensus was that zeppelins were just much more civilized and much more you know suitable for travel um and um so uh, so the you know there's a greater profusion of airships so it's sort of you know would you would you get smaller personal airships would you get you know much larger sort of um liners which obviously we had um the the graf zeppelin um and the hindenburg but you know 
you know, within this setting, they're a lot safer. So, um, you know, how stupendously big can you build them and what, what would people get up to with them? So I think that the, the next question that I would have to ask anybody is, are there aspects to the diesel punk lifestyle that you keep alive in your daily life? Like, for example, I love listening to Scott Bradley uh, in the postmodern jukebox, Janet Klein, everybody who has that vintage vibe. How about yourself? Is there anything diesel punk that you like to enjoy in your everyday normal life? Oh, definitely the um, the music has as sort of um, one of the elements that I love. I, there's um, a lot of um, electro swing um, and sort of modern versions of of sort of the the, the classic genres that are coming out. And there's there's um, I have several playlists on Spotify that I do like to sort of visit, sort of specifically diesel punk ones, um, and. Um, I would I would love to get my hands on some some classic clucks, classic cars from the era as well. The sort of the the look of the sort of the classic um, sort of nineteen twenties nineteen thirties cars, especially some of the American ones, is something that yeah they're, they're quite hard to get hold of, hold of over here in the in the UK. But it's definitely something that I would uh, it's a it's a pipe dream. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, if this game takes off, I mean. You, anything's possible oh, yeah. you know yeah, in this, in this the, day and age the, um, <laughs> the big the big reward i guess i mean you also yeah, I mean, look at somebody like um jk rowling and so and what she created um and that was just so enormously successful and i i don't think that she had plans to become a billionaire when she first wrote you know her first harry potter novel um what was what was publishing like for you when the, the publishing process um, it was definitely yeah, it was it was very interesting because having um, never really sort of looked into this at all. I mean, my um, my day job I have worked in the the sort of the graphics industry as a graphic designer in the past, so it's not completely unknown to me. I had a bit of an advantage to um, laying out the book, so I did um, um, the sort the whole sort of from start to start to finish. The the main thing was. Um, Playtesting uh, the game was quite eye-opening because I've heard people bandying around playtesting before in regards to tabletop games, and you just sort of assume that you you send off your book and some people some roll some dice and then send you back helpful comments saying how great it is. And um, I don't think I was prepared for the fact is that as soon as you send it to people who aren't your friends, people are very prepared to say some very mean things, um, <laughs> and. Um, but very helpfully mean. Um, it's you know it, they they won't pull punches if you ask someone to judge something that you've written. You know they more often than not they will say, well this didn't work and this is you know stupid and why is you, why have you said that this is this? Um, and um, so that was a, a sort of a I did a solid year of playtesting. Um, I think with as many as um, upward of twenty different groups at one point, um, where I sent out basic versions of the the setting and the the rules and said you know run some games tell me what works what doesn't work and received back a you know a lot of helpful advice and the the game that i started with is definitely not the game that is now published you know it was very different things were removed because they didn't make sense or added to explain other things um and then and once i had a, a sort of a game that i thought well this is you know people have said, you know, it's, this is um, there's nothing left that they can pick holes in. It's it's now a well-rounded game. Then I was, it was 
the next stage was finding things like artwork. And, and luckily I found an amazing artist um, or a couple of amazing artists um, who um, could sort of match my vision. And, uh, <laughs> and um, they were one of the guys who, who um, specifically listed diesel punk as one of his um, in- inspiration genres. So I was like, yes, him, I must have him. <laughs> and um, I found some pieces in his portfolio that were sort of spot on like gangsters with cybernetic arms and, and femme fatales with glowing eyes and things like that. And I was like, yes, uh, you know, the, this is the right guy for me. Um, and then, um, yeah, so it was then sort of a, a learning process of commissioning artwork and, and trying to say, well, this, I want it, a, you know, a, a, a walking tank and it has to look like this. And I was sending, finding images of, um, Mark one female tanks and, um, you know, sort of, uh, machinery from the first and second world war and saying, well, it has to look like this, you know, lots of exposed cables, but you know, it has to look realistic. And, um, and the artwork that came back was, you know, spot on. Um, and it was just a, a, an interesting process to sort of the, the, of refining the, the look and feel of the, the game through the artwork. Um, and then I did all the, the layout for the, the book myself, as I said, I've, I've, I've got a history and design. So that for me was slightly easier, but even so it's the, the sort of the sheer amount of work that went into it. Cause the, you know, it's a 120 page book, uh, and, and just working out how to fit everything on the page in the right way and make it look visually interesting and, and legible and readable and then, and spacing the artwork out throughout it enough. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then actually publishing it through drive through RPG, they, they give you a lot of tools, but even so there's a sort of a certain sort of, um, trial and error and, and, you know, sort of trial by fire of uploading things and getting things wrong and, and misprinting things. So yeah, it was, it's, it's really taught me a lot and it's definitely set me up for, for moving forwards. And, but even so I'm still every now and then I'm laying out new books and learning new things. So this has been a collaborative process between you and your designer and the fans. And it's, is this more like sort of like a, a group source or an outsourced uh, product and if that's the case would you encourage all the people that have been involved in the process to sort of contribute to um you know future add-ons oh well, yeah it's i mean it's 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 out it's uh it's collaborative it's definitely it's it it feels like it was um it's still my the thing i wrote but yeah it's definitely when i started out i had this this document that i'd written but the, yeah, the the process of of play testing and working with the artist has definitely um, changed it, and it is yeah, it's become a, a very collaborative piece. Some of the play testers I had, sort of a couple of groups in particular, were, were great in that they were very into Diesel Punk. I mean, when I advertised for play testers, I made a lot saying this is a Diesel Punk game. If you've heard of the genre, it would really help. And a couple of them were like, oh yeah, you know, we we love Diesel Punk. We're really looking for a a Diesel Punk game, and um. Yeah, so they they and they were suggesting things and saying, well, have you have you heard of this? And um, you know, what does this look like? Have you have you seen? Um, we were talking about guns with one group, and I I said, oh, you know, I really like um, Tommy guns and and things like that. And they were suggesting other um, machine uh, submachine guns that existed in the, the the sort of the era, and saying, well, have you heard of these? Have you seen these? How cool are these? And it was a, a very sort of a yeah, like a collaborative process. And with the the artist, um, uh, the primary artist who's done the front cover and a lot of the interior artwork, again, it was I was sort of suggesting things, and he was saying, "Well, actually, 
have you you know have you thought of making it look like this and then that sort of then sort of trickled back through because i then sort of thought well yeah actually and then went and changed some of the physical descriptions that are actually in the book to match his artwork more um with you know how we had, how he had managed to come up with it um and uh, yeah i definitely going forwards um if i'm if i do get around to working on a new project i would definitely try and sort of um yeah tap up some of the the play testers i've used in the past um and also the uh, definitely the um some of the artists as well are, are you open to having um your your media and your creative content incorporated into like let's say my because my kids love video games would you ever want to incorporate your work into something for you know consoles like Xbox and PlayStation? That would that would be amazing. <laughs> if, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. If someone you know came to me and said, "We love your setting. We'd love to turn it into a computer game." That would that would be amazing. I mean, I, I um, at university I studied computer game design, and uh, yeah, I never ended up in the industry, so it would be <laughs> living vicariously through through doing that so yeah it's definitely um something i'm interested in one of my friends is a is an author and he has um he actually helped with some of the um the, the um setting text and some of the um the short stories found in the book and he's made sort of um oblique references to well maybe i'll maybe i'll write something diesel punk after this book and and you know, maybe i could use your setting and it's it's definitely something i keep sort of keep thinking yeah you know a, a novel tie-in would be quite something i'd definitely be up for have you have you had the opportunity to play some of the other diesel punk style games like any of the wolfenstein games or the uh, yeah the computer game wise uh, wolfenstein um bioshock um I'm trying to think of the other ones. There are, there's definitely a few, um, what I would say a, a key sort of diesel punk games and I've played those and, and really enjoy them. And again, things like Bioshock is definitely, it's one of the sources I list as, as an inspiration for parts of age of steel. Um, the sort of the idea of, of having, um, you know, otherworldly drugs that you can shoot up and, and suddenly become more intelligent or become stronger, but they have these sort of grisly side effects of making you sort of massive and hulking and, and kind of slow or the uh, the ones that increase your intelligence make you very sort of remote and and sort of quite sort of cold so yeah uh, those those computer games i've played and then there's also um, a number of other diesel punk um tabletop games that have come out especially in the last year um and i've i've downloaded a couple of them and, and read through them i haven't had a chance to actually play through them but um it's definitely interesting seeing what other people are doing in the sort of the same same part of the genre as me and um yeah it's 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 really i find it really fascinating how diesel punk suddenly seems to sort of kicked up a notch definitely in the last year in regards to sort of like um entertainment and and sort of you know the media there's uh, there's diesel punk computer games coming out there's a couple of board games that mention the genre um and it does seem to be in the sort of the last few years so it's, I'm, I'm trying to work out where it's come from but yeah it's really interesting another question that i have what do you think is the future of diesel punk do you think that diesel punk is going to become more ubiquitous do you think it's going to evolve into something else or do do you think that we've we, we've reached the pinnacle oh no i definitely think it will keep going and i think um it, I mean, the last few years, definitely sort of five years ago, steampunk was suddenly in the the, um, the sort of the, the public eye a lot. Um, for, I mean, I was aware of steampunk, as probably you, you were, for a long, long time. It's been around. But then suddenly, sort of five years ago, there were a lot of books, there were a lot of computer games, there were, and there were mentions in, in 
like culture there was it's featured in in tv series like sort of um csi miami and and um, castle mentioned steampunk and it feels like diesel punk is kind of taking that pl- place now so steampunk has become a little bit you know people are, are bored with it now and, and it feels like diesel punk is slowly sliding into the sort of the more public eye with things like the, the computer games um for uh scythe and um a couple of other things they're sort of you know big triple a games are sort of beginning to take the front um so i th- i think yeah maybe it will become more um popular and and more sort of open to a wider audience um and i think that'll be that'll be interesting because again it will change it or make it make it um bring in more people to it and they'll bring their own interpretations of diesel punk it'd be interesting to see where it goes and um i wonder if it, you know whether we'll in the future get some sort of new sort of flavors of diesel punk i mean they're all there's um there's uh, like i say there's deco punk and a couple of other um sort of popular sort of subcultures i wonder if we'll see more of those and more sort of explorations of of where diesel punk can go and uh, 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 the the sort of the the sister genre of of atom punk um sort of the 1950s to 1960s sort of version of diesel punk i, I wonder if that's going to start sort of bleeding back into it that is that is a good point that is a whether or not it's going to bounce back to its to its origins or not so uh, where can we de- where can we find your game where can we find your material and how can we follow you on social social media um so my um i have a website which is um ageofsteel.co.uk um and you can um find information there on 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 the setting um you can also download um the uh pdf um or you can buy the physical printed book from um drive through rpg and if you go there and search for age of steel it will come up um and you can um follow you can find um an age of steel book uh, a page on facebook um and you can also follow me on twitter if you look for isolation games which is my publishing handle um so um at squiggle isolation underscore games um and yeah and and i I use that to generally ramble about what i'm writing and and what i'm hopefully publishing next well that's great and you're also going to have the show page on the on the fedora chronicles radio show that's that's also and we'll have all your links there so that'll be great and of course as always i like to invite all of my uh guests if you ever want to come on the show again and and talk to us just about diesel bunk or about what's going on in the in the in the world of media or news or whatever just drop me a line and and, and come back anytime oh that sounds great yeah definitely all right i'll talk to you again real soon This has been the Federal Chronicles radio show and a co-production of the Diesel Punk podcast. You can find out more about us by going to our websites, thefedoralchronicles.com and dieselpunks.com. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. You can find these links on our homepages. Be sure to visit our sponsors, Chester Cordite, 
Landron Artifacts, and the Trinity Whip Company. Also, check out the friends of our show, Penman Hats and Reconstructing History. Once again, this is Eric Render King Fisk signing off, and keep your chins up and your fedoras on.